Welcome to the Woodridge Baptist Church Podcast. For more information about what's happening in the life of our church, visit our website at www.woodridge.org. Enjoy the podcast. Today, what we wanted to do, in, in line with what we had with Zach sharing his testimony, is I wanted to look back a little bit at 2021, and then I want to look ahead just a little bit at 2022. Uh, Because when we look at 2021, it was really kind of a topsy-turvy year. Many of you would agree with me on that, uh, that it just seemed like it just went like this the the whole year. Uh, There was so much to celebrate, though, here at the church. I'm going to talk about that here in just a little bit. But part of what it it was that made it a difficult year was we, we lost a lot of people last year. Uh, and, and, and what I mean by that is we had a number of good friends in our church that are now with the Lord. And I remember talking with a long-term member of the church, and they said, you know, I, I've been here a long, long time, and I can't remember a year where we lost as many people as we lost this year. And that's tough, because when, you, when you're ter- a church and you're doing life together, you feel that. You just do. And these people become a part of the ebb and the flow of your life. And the next thing you know, they're physically not with you. Even though you can celebrate that they're with the Lord and that's a good thing. It still takes a toll on us. And just the sheer number of people that we lost, that, that's not lost on us. It was a difficult year. That's one of the reasons it was topsy-turvy. But I wanted you to see and just hear some things that we're celebrating from 2021. Does that sound good? Because there really was a lot. And then, then we'll take a, a look at 2022. But I'm gonna, yeah, I just wanted to see a little bit from 2021. There was certainly a lot more. I want to talk you through it. You know, on the mission side, uh, it's a little bit difficult. We're used to going to international mission trip 10 to 12 a year. COVID has made that a little bit tough for the last couple of years. Most people wouldn't let us in. Even if we wanted to go into their country, they wouldn't let us in. But, you know, there are some other ways that we just haven't stopped. And the reason is, is because we won't. I mean, the work of the Lord just continues to go on. Uh, Eduardo Mecca is one of the staff members here at the church, and thankfully some doors have opened up for him to be able to go and to do some preaching over this last year, which is great. He's basically a staff evangelist. He spends his time not here. He spends his time around the world. He, last year, he was able to preach in over nine countries with over 300 decisions for Christ. Isn't that amazing? We're thankful for that. Uh, through our Cultivate Missions partners that we work with, for example, in, in uh, uh, Central Asia and in Japan, we were able to see eight people come to Christ with our group as they went over into Central Asia. And with another group in uh, Japan, we saw another one come to Christ. That, that work is really only just beginning. And so we're thankful for that. Saturate Saturday, something that we do roughly every quarter. It was really interesting because it gets us out and we just go into Kingwood and we're interacting with people, but we were able to have over 800 conversations with people in Kingwood about Christ and invite them to Woodridge. I think that's something to celebrate, don't you? And I think it's something we also need to keep doing. Um, One place that we need help is Mission Northeast. This is a partnership that we have. It's up off of 494. We've had a long-standing relationship with Mission Northeast, but honestly, they just need some more hands. Uh, and if you are open to come in and being a part of what we do at the Mission and Mission Northeast, we would love to have you. Reach out to Joshua Hill. But the work continues to go. We have this belief. We want to reach Kingwood for Jesus, the state of Texas, which by the way, the state of Texas is largely unchurched at this point. Over 30 million people in our state, two-thirds of them don't know the Lord. We got some work to do in our own state. And then we want to reach our country, but honestly, we want to reach the world for Jesus. And you get to be a part of that. And it's something that's fun to do. How about our student ministry? You know, Rhett and Faith do an awesome job with our students. They just do. And I'm thankful for all the volunteers that are a part of the work that's happening there. Last year, over 15 decisions were made for Christ through the student ministry. I think that's something to celebrate. 
Um, in, in fact, if you talk about Rhett and Faith, they spend an extraordinary amount of time at football games, basketball games, volleyball games, at performances that are theater or band or what. They are out there with our kids and enjoying the things that they're doing in life and supporting them. I think they do a phenomenal job. They're giving popsicles to the football team and to the cheerleaders, but more than that, you know, doors have opened up where both Rhett and I have been able to speak to the Kingwood football team, to the K-Park football team. I've had the privilege of being able to speak to the teachers as well. We're seeing the Lord opening up some doors. We want to see that to continue. They give tremendous support to our kids. We had mission trips to our students that went to Florida, but they also, others went down into Houston. Like I said, even though they were in the middle of a pandemic, the work just doesn't stop. We're going to keep going. Um, even in this last year, there was the development, our student ministry, of a student leadership team, because we want these kids to know what it is to take ownership and to lead. Uh, and Faith's done a great job in heading that up, bringing in some, some speakers that have been uh, successful both in business and in other ventures. Tim Coogan did a great job of talking with uh, our students as well as Kevin Morris. There's more, on, on, uh, there's more going on, but also just the growth that we've seen in Wednesday night. We see our Wednesday nights as kind of for our students as a conduit to the church. It's probably one of the places that they'll visit before they would visit even on a Sunday morning. We've seen extraordinary growth in our student ministry over this last year. I think that's something to celebrate, don't you? Don't you? Y'all have done a great job, guys. Tiny and Lisa do an awesome job with our kids. They really do. Uh, just this last year, we had 10 kids except Jesus at VBS we had another 27 kids except Jesus when we had camp in the city here at the church. On Wednesday nights, uh, they do what's called LIT, which is leaders in training. And what you have is kids doing ministry. We train them to actually do ministry. Doesn't that seem appropriate? A lot of times the way that we look at students and the way that we look at kids is they're the future of the church, but really they're a part of the church right now. And so they've done an amazing job. You see kids like in the fourth and fifth grade going into the younger ages and teaching them the Bible lesson. Or you'll see them literally doing puppet shows for the little kids or leading in music. They've done an amazing job. The kids are actually leading in service. They'll greet you at the door, by the way, which I think is a good thing. Just in the last couple of months, there have been 37 new kids that are first-time attendees here to Woodridge, and 10 families are a part of our church because of Upward that, no, by the way, didn't go to church at all before their kids started playing basketball here at the church. And then just this year, we have over 44 full teams playing basketball in our church right now in Upward. Isn't that amazing? Y'all are doing an awesome job. Awesome job. And here's what that means. That means that there's about, oh, about a thousand people that are coming into Woodridge between a Friday and a Saturday. And many of them don't go to church. They don't go to church. I think it's a good ministry, and I think Tiny and Lisa have been doing a great job, and Anna have done a great job in heading that up. You may wonder, what is one of the fastest growing parts of our church? And the answer is preschool-aged children. That's the fastest growing part of our church. That's a good sign, y'all. That's a good sign. Uh, but that also means that it's younger families that are coming into the church. And I credit Tiny and Lisa for a lot of that because of a great job that they do. How about just the church as a whole? Some things to celebrate from 2021. Well, one is we welcomed 120 new members to the church. That's not bad. That's not bad. We'll take more. 
but we'll take those. I think that's a good thing. As a matter of fact, we already have a new round of Discover Woodridge that's happening on the 23rd and 30th of this month. So maybe you're looking for a church. You just want to find out what it is that we're about, what we believe, what it is that we do. Let me encourage you to sign up for that. That's how people find their way to becoming a part of the church. Uh, but our budget, just think about that. Our budget, we actually exceeded our budget goal for the year in 2021. In fact, in the month of December, we had a record month for giving in the history of our church. That's an amazing thing. Uh, at one point, we were just about $900,000 just for a month. That's an incredible response of generosity on your part. And I just want to say thank you for the way that you believe in what we're doing and the way that you give to what we're doing. That's not lost on us. We had a goal for the Global Missions Offering. Every year at the end of the year, we take up, uh, we take up an offering for a month. We set a goal of $70,000. We've already exceeded the goal. Uh, for the global missions offering. And once again, that's a testament. You know when people say, put, put your money where your mouth is? Well, we believe that we want to reach the nations for Christ and we've put our money where our mouth is. That's something that I think that we should celebrate. And that's a testimony to your generosity. It's something that I just wanted to say thank you for. I mean, we already allocate about 13% of our budget to missions. 13% of it is just to that point. So when we take these extra offerings, it's on top of what we're already giving. And what it proves is that is something that you believe is important and is worth investing in. I just wanted to say thank you for believing and investing. We have an awesome staff. I really love working with this team. I do. Uh, Mark Barnhill does a great job as our care pastor here at the church. He really does. And over the course of this last year, yeah, I mean, don't clap too much. We don't want him to get a big head or anything. But his leadership in, in re-engage the marriage ministry has really impacted a lot of marriages. The journey of grief I talked about just a little bit ago. We lost a lot of friends this last year in our church. And a lot of them have become a part of the, the families have, have, have come through the journey of grief and been ministered to in tremendous ways. Divorce care, a class that we wish that we didn't have to have, but we do. But if we can come alongside and we can help people in a time that's difficult, we're gonna come alongside and help people in a time that's difficult. And Mark Barnhill does an amazing job at leading that. Uh, Hugh Pohl and our discipleship pastor began our intercessory prayer ministry. And literally from Monday to Thursday, right over here, there's a room where we have people that will come in and pray for an hour at a time over people's prayer requests that have been given to the church. Monday through Thursday, all day, you've got people praying over you and things that are happening at this church. And that's a testimony to the leadership of Hugh Poland for starting that. He also started our men's ministry. You see men's breakfasts that are happening. It's not just about the food, but the food ain't bad, y'all. It's good. But it's also good just to hang out as the guys. We had the fall retreat with Alvin Reed, and he was absolutely amazing. Birthed new Sunday school classes specifically for the guys in some of the fastest growing Sunday school classes that we have in our church are with the guys. That's a good thing to see. And Hugh's done an amazing job with that. Zandra, I call her Z, by the way. So if you ever hear me talking about Z, it's Zandra, who heads up our women's ministry. She does an amazing job. You know, just over this last year, there was one initiative that we had because we were reached out to for purposeful PJs. Some of you might remember this, uh, where you had some kids that are part of child protective services that they did not have the basic things that they needed, including even something as simple as a pair of pajamas. And they reached out to our church and they said, please help out. This was something that Zandra and Rachel Hudson took the leadership on. And just like that, we had over 300 kids taken care of 
through that ministry. It was an amazing thing to watch. Organizing uh, through, uh, Zondra organizes the, the, uh, the community luncheon for Mission Northeast. Again, the partnership that we have just up here in Kingwood as we minister to a lot of people that honestly just need help. They just need help with the basic things, but honestly, they need Jesus. Even our ladies' sewing group, they were sewing for months leading up to Operation Christmas Child. They were coming up here and they were sewing and sewing so that there were things that they could put into the boxes for these kids so that they would have some things that otherwise they wouldn't have had it. And speaking of Operation Christmas Child, you sent out over 1,400 boxes this year to kids that have now gone around the world and that wouldn't have happened without you. What an amazing response to a challenge that we gave to you. The women's worship nights have been a huge blessing. We had Candace Payne come in, also known as Chewbacca Mom. Right? She did an amazing job, but even our own Cammie Lee one night led a night of worship with our women, giving her story and blessing them. God's been doing stuff here in the church. I just want you to get a taste of it. Over 100 women are attending our Bible studies during the week, and that's a good thing. And then there's fun, right? I mean, as a church, there are a lot of things we want to do. We want to be on mission. We want to be on point for Jesus. But you know what we also want to do? We want to have fun. We just want to have fun together. And that's something that you do through the student ministry, through the children's ministry events, but also the kinds of things that Z puts together like Bunko Night. There's not a lot of spiritual stuff happening with Bunko. I'm just going to say it. But you know what is happening? Friendship. And that's a good thing. And we should be finding those things in the church. You know, for as weird a year as 2021 has been, because it was weird there was a lot of really good things that was happening too. And even though right now we have a large part of our church that's at home with COVID, we're not gonna stop the work. Get well and come on back. And we're gonna keep trucking along. So what I wanna do for just a couple of minutes is I wanna look ahead. Really just for a couple of minutes. What are some things that we're gonna be doing in 2022? Well, one of the things that I'm excited about is that we get to finally plant our Compassion Project this year. Now, we've partnered with Compassion International for a number of years. We've sponsored over 450 children. It helps to get them off the street. It helps to get them in a place where they get an education. They get the medical care that they need. You've responded in an incredible way to what we believe is an effective ministry. At Compassion International, every four minutes, a kid is coming to Jesus somewhere in the world. It's absolutely amazing. But we were on hold. We wanted to put a project into a church, and we were on hold because of COVID. Well, that has lifted. And so this year, we're putting our project into Dominican Republic, and we've already sponsored a lot of kids that, because of you, are going to get to go into that project. They get to get off of the street. They get to not just get the education and the health care that they need. They get Jesus. As a matter of fact, they spend more time in discipleship than most kids, even in our own church, will get because of the ministry that's starting in that church. I'm excited about that. I'm not just excited about that. I'm excited because we get to go, too. We're going to get to fly into the Dominican Republic and go get to see these kids that we are sponsoring. And I think it's just going to be an amazing experience. Just in this last year, we voted to sell the land on North Park. And we've set the plans to, uh, to, to, to build and to expand the ministries that we're already doing here at the church. And that's an exciting time. One way that you can pray, we get to work with the good people of Harris County on that. So... <laughs> yeah, y'all pray for us. That's all I'm saying. If y'all could pray for us, I'm just bringing that up. So many good things. We, we're doing something like that because frankly, we've outgrown what we're already doing. And that's a great thing to see, isn't it? 
And so we move on with the next step. But I want to give a little bit of a challenge to each of us personally. Those are things that we're kind of doing as a church. But I want to give a challenge to you at the beginning of 2022, something that I want you to keep your focus on. It's so interesting that Zach brought this up because this is the verse that I'm keeping in front of the church for the entire year. And it's 1 Timothy 4, 7. Train yourself for the purpose of godliness. This, this is our hope for the year. You know, when people talk about church, they'll talk about, well, let's talk about church growth. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'll be honest with you, the main thing that I've been worried about for us and worried about for any church for that matter is church health. Uh, I want people to be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. After that, honestly, I think everything takes care of itself. And so 1 Timothy 4, 7, train yourself for the purpose of godliness. Or here's another way of looking at it. You need to feed your focus and starve your distractions rather than feed your distractions and, and starve your focus. 2022 spiritually doesn't need to be the year of, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm on the way. It doesn't need to be that kind of year. It doesn't need to be the kind of year where we say, ready, fire, aim. It doesn't need to be that kind of year. Instead, we need to be transforming our spiritual habits so we grow in conformity to our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, 2022, the challenge that I'm giving you this morning and the challenge that I'm giving to myself because I said to my wife not too long ago, you know what, sometimes I am so busy I think I don't have time to be a Christian. Have you ever felt like that? Well, today is the day that I say for all of us, let's make some, some decisions to keep first things first. And here's why, is because when Paul wrote Timothy, and he says, train yourself for the purpose of godliness, he says, because trans, your, tra your training is what transforms you. It's what transforms you. Because he says this even in verse eight, he says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and for the life to come. This is an investment that will never go away. It will eternally be with you. I want you to consider this quote by Muhammad Ali. Probably you remember him, one of the greatest boxers of all time. He said, I hated every minute of training, but I said, don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. And that's a great quote. Uh, you think of Muhammad Ali, not as he considered to be one of the, the greatest boxers of all time, but I couldn't help but appreciate the dude's honesty in the quote. You would probably think for those of our students that are a part of a sport, I think, and I'm just going to go out on a limb here, but I think some of them probably don't like practice as much as the game. Is that fair? Because with the practice, what you've got is the coaches constantly yelling at you, you're going to be in the weight room, and you're going to be conditioning. Those are the parts that you don't necessarily like as much. But what you find is the return is what happens when you're in the game. All of those things are what set you up for success when the game is on. And you can usually tell the difference when a team is conditioned versus a team that is not conditioned. This is why I'm giving the challenge today. It's why I gave the quote from Muhammad Ali. I hated every minute of the training, but I said don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. Today, what I want is, I want you not so much to have a New Year's resolution, although there's nothing wrong with that. To have goals for 2022, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Instead, what I want you to have is a plan. Because what good is a resolution if you don't have a plan to accomplish it? And so, you take out your phone, feel free to take a picture of this screen, because spiritually speaking, I'm going to give you a snapshot of how you do it.
How is it that I train myself in godliness so that I can inherit the return that will never go away? Donald Whitney, who's written what is considered to be an incredible book on spiritual discipline, gives you some hints on how it can come about. Here's some things I want you to consider. One, what is, what is the health of your prayer life? What does the health of your prayer life look like? Now, a lot of our prayer time is spent praying over those that are not well. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But there's a whole lot more that should be involved with our prayer life. Our prayer life should be spent in time of confession. It should be in a time of repentance. It should be spent in a time for those that don't know Christ, that they would come to know him. What does the health of your prayer life look like? How much time do you actually spend talking with the Lord? Imagine for a second that you were to say, hey, Jeremy, how much time do you spend talking with Wendy in a day? And I said, I don't know, about, you know, three or four minutes. You would probably say, I've got some concerns about your marriage, right? That would be fair because you recognize that communication is the pipeline to an effective and healthy relationship. Did you know that it's absolutely no different when it comes to your relationship with the Lord? How much time do you spend in communication with him? And part of communication, honestly, with Wendy is I listen. How much time do you spend listening to the Lord? So one of the things that I'm encouraging you to do is to take an assessment and then to maybe make some adjustments to your prayer life for 2022. Second is a commitment to worship. A commitment to worship. Here we have this focus, delight in Christ, develop into his image, devoted to the great commission. Now that's who we are. We think that's everything about what God has asked us to be. But delighting in Christ means that we're gonna maintain a commitment to being a part of worship in his church. We delight in him. It means that we're going to be committed to the worship of him. Right now, we're dealing in a time where the average member of a church, I didn't say Woodridge, but the average member of a church is coming to church once almost every three weeks. Now think about that. It's actually getting worse. It's actually pushing into the four and five week range. So on the one hand, you're living in a world that really doesn't value the things that Christ values, but our commitment to a weekly worship is looking like once every almost month and a half. Now think about that. If we stuck with only the three-week range, like we're being nice today, if we stick with the three-week range, that means that the average person is going to worship about 17 times a year. A year. Now how much do you think that that sets you up for personal spiritual success when you're not in a community of believers, you're not in a community of like-minded people that have a completely different set of values than you do. You've basically set yourself up to fail. So what I'm encouraging you to do this morning is to recommit yourself to being a part of the worship of God in his church. A third thing, and it's one of the most spiritually energizing things that you can do, is to share your faith with somebody. I'm giving you a challenge this morning to find one person. I didn't say 10. I'm giving you a challenge this morning to find one person that you can have a spiritual conversation with this year. One person. I think we can all do that. Uh, Just this week, I had a really cool opportunity. I went into a place. I was trying to visit with somebody uh, that the Lord had just kind of laid on my heart. I've gotten to know them. They don't know the Lord. And I was like, I'm going to go visit with them. I haven't seen them in about two weeks. And so I went into where it is that they work, and I saw them, and we were visiting a little bit. And this was the interesting thing. I've built a relationship with pretty much everybody that was there, and I went over to sit down so I could get caught up on email real quick. And as I sat down, one of the other people that was, was working, I guess they took a break because they came over. I visited with them for just a little bit. How's your day? How was Christmas? How was, and they came over and they sat down with me and they said, you know, I just, I, I know that you're the pastor at Woodridge. I just wanted to thank you for caring enough about me to ask me how I'm doing. And that really just kind of blew me away. 
Because on the one hand, I thought, well, what else would I ask you, <laughs> right? How are you not doing? I mean, I said, well, look, I just care about you. I just wanted to know how you were doing. And we ended up having this incredible conversation. She said, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's Christmas. I, I don't know what it is. But because God has put you in my life, and every time I see you, you talk with me, ask me how I'm doing, and so forth. She said, I, I don't know what's going on, but one thing that I've come to grips with is, is I need God in my life. And we ended up having the best conversation sitting there for about 10 or 15 minutes, and she just wept. And I thought, you know what? I don't mean this in the wrong way. I wasn't even here for her. <laughs> I wasn't. I was here for somebody else. But God gave me this moment, and it was all cultivated through relationships that I've spent building, frankly, over the last couple of years, and God gave me a moment. And I couldn't help but walk away and say, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Because that moment encouraged me. It spiritually energized me. I'm giving you the challenge today that you find one person, just one, that you're going to invest in, that you're going to be praying for, and that you're gonna be inviting to come to know Christ and inviting them to come to this church. I think it's a challenge that's worth having. We have a commitment here at the church that every member has one place of service. I don't expect you to serve everywhere, but we're all members of one body. We are, and we need the fingers to function like fingers and the toes to function like toes. And so today I'm giving you the challenge to be recommitted to a place of service, to finding what your spiritual gifts are and plugging in for the good of the kingdom. We all are supposed to be a part of this. That, honestly, is just a matter of good stewardship of the great gifts that God has already given you. It's putting them to good use for his goals, for his purposes, for his name, for his church. Here's a couple of things I want you to think about, a challenge that I'm throwing out. One is that maybe once or twice this year, you actually fast. And here's what I don't mean, that you fast between when you fall asleep at night and before you eat breakfast in the morning. By the way, that's where we get the words breakfast, break the fast, right? That doesn't count. But maybe once or twice a year, this year, you have this day that is portioned aside where you fast for the purpose of prayer, for something that God is going to do in your life and what it is that God's going to do in the life of your family. When's the last time that you've done that? Another one is a commitment to some personal solitude. Now, what I didn't say is a commitment to isolation. What I found is in the pandemic, some people got, well, they got really comfortable. You know, so went home for just a little bit, online church for a little bit, and frankly, we didn't even do that very long here. We didn't. But some people have gotten into some bad habits where they just got really comfortable staying at home, watching things transpire from there, and saying, eh, I'll get around to it maybe another day. I want you to reconsider that. Isolation is not what you were meant for, but solitude is something that you need. I want to give you two stories. Philip Yancey talks about this. He was at a time in his life where he was spiritually really dry. And he, a friend of his told him, you need to go to a retreat with Brennan Manning because it will change your life. And he was like, yeah, fine. So he goes to this retreat and he's out there and he says for the first day, he's like, okay. By the second day, he's basically just irritated because there's absolutely nothing in his life that is changing whatsoever. But he has this conversation with Brennan Manning. And what he said was that conversation changed the trajectory for the rest of his spiritual life. He says, because on the third day, if I remember right, he said on the third day, he encountered God in a way that he had never encountered him before. He said what it took was it literally took several days of solitude so that he could even hear the voice of God again. He said, I don't know that I would have even recognized it because of all the noise that, was, that I'd allowed in my head. 
I want you to be committed to some moments of solitude. A friend of mine is named Robbie Gallaty, pastor of the church Long Hollow up in Tennessee. And he said he had this time where he, he goes out every night just in his backyard and he sits and he talks with the Lord. That's it. He said, I don't take my Bible. I'm not doing a Bible study then. He said, I literally go out. I sit in the back, away from my wife, away from the kid. I just sit out there and I sit in the quiet and I talk with the Lord. And he did this for about 10 months. He and I were talking. He said, I did this for about 10 months. And the next thing you know at his church, you've got this huge outbreak of revival that's happening. He said, there wasn't like a plan. He said, I wasn't saying there a plan. And then revival is going to happen on this day. He said, it wasn't anything like that. It was just, I had spent so much time with the Lord that I was finally able to hear the Lord again in ways that I was not hearing God before. And you've seen a huge work of God in that church. And all because, as he said, he was withdrawing and going to a quiet place. Have you ever noticed that Jesus would do ministry and then in scripture it says, and then he would go to a quiet place. He needed to be filled back up for the work that God was gonna continue to do in him. And then the final challenge that I'm giving you this morning is this, is that you need to be learning. You need to be learning. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to be learning. You need to spend time in the word. Here's what I'm saying. Take a picture of this. Take a picture of it. Make your commitment today to it, and then you can begin it. Here's, here's my guess. My guess is, is if we put to practice what are the basic spiritual disciplines that is revealed in the word to us for our good, we will see the practices that God portioned for us literally change us. We will not be the same people, even though we are a people in progress. We will not be the same people. That's the challenge for 2022. We're going to train ourselves in godliness. And I think it's a challenge that's fitting to our Lord. So what are some distractions that you need to remove? What are some good things in your life that, you know what, it's better to say no? Because it's filling you up with things that, frankly, maybe you don't need to be filled up with. And be committed to these things. We hope you have enjoyed the podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.woodridge.org.